0: This is Nick Redding and you're listening to PreserveCast, a podcast with a worldwide listenership that explores the broad world of preservation from every angle, from drones to mudlarking and everything in between. Now, let's get preserving. Mulberry History Advisors helps communities protect, understand and reuse historic sites. Providing National Register nominations, Section 106 Advising, Preservation Planning and organizational communication services, Mulberry History Advisors assist clients in protecting places that matter. This allows communities to build equity and create a more sustainable future. Mulberry History Advisors is a woman-owned business. Together, we can harness the power of cultural resources. And PreserveCast thanks Mulberry History Advisors for their support of PreserveCast. Some people take their recipes to the grave, but others put them on their gravestones. On this week's PreserveCast, join us as we talk with Rosie Grant about her journey recreating gravestone recipes. Rosie documented her journey of making these spritz, fudge, and everything in between on TikTok. Listen in as we hear how all of this started and where it's headed on this week's PreserveCast. This is Nick Redding, and you're listening to Preserve Cast. Today, we're excited to be chatting with Rosie Grant about her journey. To recreate gravestone recipes. And if you don't know what gravestone recipes are, then uh, count yourself as uh, in the same camp as me. I didn't know about this until I caught on to what Rosie's doing. And I think it's really cool and uh, an interesting way of preserving um, sort of cultural and tangible and cemetery heritage all wrapped up in one. And so we're going to be chatting with Rosie about this and finding out all about how she got into it. So before we get Get there. We love to get to know the people that we're chatting with. So where' did you grow up? What do you do professionally? and how did you become a, uh, well I guess a uh, interpreter of uh, gravestone recipes
1: <laughs> Um well, I grew up in Washington, DC um and I for a, a while was working at the National Building Museum as their digital manager. And at some point I so I was working in basically the communications content side. Um, I decided I wanted to become a librarian. I'd wanted to become one since I was a little kid. Um, And so I went to the University of Maryland's library science uh, master's program. And it was weirdly there where this all started. So I was in a class that was how social media works, how algorithms and social network theory and all that. So we had to create uh, a social media account from scratch. And I created a TikTok just because it was the pandemic. This was about like a year and a half ago, Um, and I, so I I did that, and then at the same time for the program, we had to intern somewhere, and I ended up interning in the digital archives of Congressional Cemetery in Washington, D.C., and my professor from this TikTok class was like, make your TikTok, because we had to pick a niche and post every single day for like three months, and so she was like, you should make your TikTok about cemeteries. And I remember in the beginning, I was like, I don't know if there's enough content to like post daily about this. And boy, was I wrong. Like Grave Talk and Cemetery TikTok are this huge world. There's so many, many niches within that too. And then just in general in the death industry. Um, and so it, it was through that, that I was like, I mean, I, I joined this group of Cemetery TikTokers and we would all like... Post, repost each other's stuff, and it was like a very lovely community. But they all had kind of their own different areas that they were experts in. It was a lot of gravestone cleaners and like storytellers. Um, And then for me, it was one day coming upon this gravestone. I heard about it on Atlas Obscura, uh, which is excellent source of content for cemeteries in general. And they had done a story on uh, Naomi Odessa Miller Dawson, buried in Brooklyn, New York, at Greenwood Cemetery, and she has this beautiful, uh, it looks like an open book on a pedestal, gravestone, and it's the recipe for her spritz cookie. And so I saw it, I tried it, and I posted it on TikTok. And that's kind of where the rest of these took off.
0: So is this, I mean, it's cool how you got into it. And, it, and it, I, I like uh, grave talk. I know everybody's got like their own little um, way of, of, of phrasing that. I hadn't heard that one before. And you're right. There's a lot of um, grave cleaners out there. Um, that's a, that's a bit, it's a very, uh, very satisfying thing to watch. Um, so let's take a step back. You found this woman who did that and her spritz recipe and everything like that. Obviously, you've gotten into this and so you know more about it, certainly more than I do. (laughs) How, how common was it to put a recipe on your headstone and like how many what's the universe of this out there?
1: The universe, the Marvel universe of this, um, it's pretty small. It's, you know, some people have asked at this point, like, is this a trend? Um, I've come across 17 of these so far. 15 are in North America, two are in Israel. Almost all of them are women. um, Of the families that I've talked to, and actually there's even one woman in Arkansas who's still alive, her gravestone. When her husband died, they, you know, did a co-gravestone together. Um, And so she put her sugar cookies on it. And when I called her and interviewed her just to be like, You know, this is my one chance to get to meet one of these people. Um, She was like, you know, I was always known for this. I didn't she was not aware that there were others out there. Um, but she, you know, at like parties and holidays and stuff, people would ask her for her recipe for her sugar cookies. And so when it came time to like, you know, her husband was putting up things that he wanted to be remembered for. And she was like, what do I want to be remembered for? She's like, I'm really darn proud of these cookies. Um, And that seems to be the case for other families as well. So again, not even necessarily a trend because like no one really knew that there were others out there at that point. Um, The oldest is only 30 years old. And the rest of them, I mean, they span from Nome, Alaska to, yeah, Israel. Um, They're kind of all over the map. None of them are in the same cemetery. There aren't even any in D.C. Like, I never came across any in Washington, D.C. Like, the closest one is in Brooklyn.
0: So how many have you done so far? And do you always cook them? And does it always turn out and... Is it always cookies? What it give us the sort of the sense of the the variety of things that are on these headstones?
1: Yes. I mean, I've cooked through all 17 of them. Um, Almost all of them have been desserts. So like the New York two are these spritz cookies. And then there's a date and nut bread about an hour north of New York City. Um, You know, there's two carrot cakes. There's two sugar cookies. The only savory ones have actually that like non-dessert ones have been Um, This woman in Iowa who has a cheese dip recipe on hers, it's excellent. And then this one is... The one technically not gravestone recipe, but I've been told to count it just because we wanted more savory ones, um, is a meatloaf recipe on a woman's grave in uh, Texas. And her gravestone says she made the best meatloaf. And their cemetery archives actually has her specific meatloaf recipe and sent it to me. And it's very good. And so I've counted it just because I have her actual recipe. Um, but yeah, like lots of sa- like lots of um, sweets and um, breads and things like that. So lots of baked goods. Um, they have not all gone particularly well. <laughs> I'm, I'm not helping that the recipes are great, but I'm, uh, I'm a newer baker. I started baking during the pandemic in general, like many of us did, and that was even why this kind of started. Of like, I was learning how to cook because we were all home for the first time, and, um, and I just, yeah, like a lot of these things, I just, i never, like the first one I made the spritz cookie, I'd never heard of a spritz cookie before. And um, I thought it was like a sugar cookie and there's no instructions on the grave. It just says the ingredients. And so I cooked it kind of like a sugar cookie. And when I posted it, I mean, some of the comments were amazing of like, oh my gosh, my family makes this every year. My grandma used to make this. Um, You're supposed to use a cookie press. So I got all these comments like you you need like a tool to make the specific kind of cookie. It's a spritz cookie. So I got a a cookie press. I now have four cookie presses (laughs) to try and more accurately make these. And, um, yeah, you have to like, you know, the way that the dough makes it presses very perfectly through this, um, I have a Wilton presses, the newer one. And so, uh, yeah, it makes an excellent cookie press. And same for the rest of them. Usually I make it wrong the first time of I miss an instruction or I don't know what something means. Um, and then TikTok will kind of crowdsource to be like, oh, actually, I interpreted it as this. Or like, sometimes even family members will be like, like I made the cheese dip and I didn't know cheese dip could be cold. I thought it was hot. And the daughter who had sent me the recipe was like, actually, it's a chilled it's a chilled cheese stick. You're supposed to chill it. So I was like, oops, now I know. So I made it again. (laughs) Um, So it's yeah, it's been very much like kind of like a crowdsourced of like, uh, like in the New York Times cooking, there's the commentary section, which can be equally as helpful. So it kind of feels like that.
0: So have you have you done the Israeli dishes too?
1: Yes, I have. Both of them had to be
0: translated. (laughs) And what were those?
1: Um, so, first one was uh, a woman named Ida uh, Kleinman. She has, and it's probably one of my favorites a date and nut roll. Um, and her gravestone, it's beautiful. It's like she shares it with her husband as well, uh, who's actually a Holocaust survivor. And they have just like these fully instructions written out. Um, since I, so I'm a part time librarian at the American Jewish University, which is like kind of convenient because uh, most of my coworkers, the fellow librarians, Read Hebrew. And so they've actually helped me translate uh, part of the graves. The other one is um the one guy, the one gentleman uh with a a gravestone recipe, and he was a kibbutz chef. And so his is like kind of a sweet uh yeast bread. And so my coworker specifically translated his uh recipe as well. Um, his was probably the most challenging. I was the most nervous about. I'm very nervous when it comes to like yeast recipes, like during the sourdough craze of the pandemic, I was never able to make a good bread. Um, But my partner actually says that that was one of their favorite recipes. It made a really good yeast cake. Um, And thanks to the translation. So my coworker, when she even translated it, it was pretty simple instructions. And I heard that the family had said like, yeah, like we're going to put the bare minimum of instructions because if people, they should already know how to make this if they're a baker. Um, which intimidated the heck out of me. Um, So what my coworker did when she, the other librarian, she um, sent along a few recipes that she's like, oh, I'm familiar with this general kind of bread. Um, So she gave me a couple other recipes. She's like, these have a little bit more instructions. So maybe we try to like piece together these. Um, And so that's how we we got to the final yeast cake.
0: (laughs) Why don't we take a quick break here, come back, talk about where this project is headed, what you're going to be doing with it next, other things that are on Headstones, um, and maybe some lessons learned on, on social media and TikTok for people who are interested in doing this kind of work in Heritage, and we'll do that right here in PreserveCast. Historic preservation can't happen without skilled tradespeople to perform the work, and there's a critical need right now for those tradespeople. The Campaign for Historic Trades, powered by Preservation Maryland, is working to meet that need by strengthening apprenticeship opportunities within historic trades. In partnership with the National Park Service's Historic Preservation Training Center and Conservation Legacy, the campaign is currently recruiting for NPS Traditional Trades Apprenticeship Program, or TTAP. tap an intensive 20-week apprenticeship that provides young adults a chance to learn historic trade skills while working on America's most iconic historic sites. Multiple positions are open for the 2022 season at national parks across the country. Visit historictrades.org for more information on TTAP and how to apply today. This is Nick Redding. You're listening to Preserve Cast. Today, we're talking with Rosie Grant. We've been talking all about the really cool work that she's done to sort of bring these recipes on headstones alive. She's been baking and cooking her way and making cheese dips uh, all through uh, th- this project. Um, so, you said there's 17. You've done them all, you've at least made them all. Are there more out there? potentially that you just don't know about? Do you find more from time to time? Do you feel like this is, this is it? And are there other things on headstones perhaps that could expand the project? I mean, are there other, uh, lessons and instructions on headstones that maybe you could kind of tackle?
1: Yeah. I mean, every time I found it, like, I remember, so this, the first one I came across was last October, And I think I, I assume that was the only one. And then I did a Google search and I found five more. And so probably by maybe like April of this year, I was like, that's it. I found all five of them. These are the only ones that exist. And then that's when I started getting contacted by kind of like the crowdsourcing. Like I think the first NPR did a a very lovely story on it. And I started getting reached out by people and yeah, relatives and stuff being like, oh, you should pick my mother-in-law's carrot cake, or you should go to this um like Willits County um Snickerdoodle's grave things like that. So at this point now with 17 I have the same thought of like maybe this is it, maybe this is all the ones that exist, but every time I've thought that new ones have come out of the woodwork. So for all I know, I mean again if any listeners have heard of any um I would love to know about them. Um and yeah, just in general I feel like for where to go about this. Like, I keep thinking like, oh, maybe this project will end like once I've exhausted it and then new stuff comes out. I feel like food and death are this really interesting, there's some a stranger connection than I think I would have expected because you would never think that they would, like they're the two kind of certainties in life, uh, I guess. Um, so I think I'm more interested in like really exploring like the connection between food and death. Like we want good food when we're grieving. We want um, to cook the recipes or eat what the things like when we have a lost loved one, um, like during the pandemic, my grandmothers both died. And during the funerals, I wanted to eat the food that I had with them in life. Like, there's something that kind of connected me then with like all the tastes and the smells. And there's just something about that that I want to explore more with.
0: I mean, it seems like it lends itself really, really well to a book. Um, is there one? Are you under contract?
1: Um, a few publishers have reached out. I think my goal, like all of this, I feel very reactive. I mean, this literally came out of a homework assignment that's just kind of taken it off and it had its own legs and started running. So I think I'm going to try to spend 2023. Um, I'd like to visit all of the gravestones. I'd like to meet with all of the families, at least as many as possible. Um, I think at some level I would need their blessing uh, to do something like this, to make sure that like if I were to write about these different, particularly the women in North America um, I would love more stories about them. Like I've only met with one of the families and that was the grave of Naomi, the spritz cookie. Um, and it was incredible. We got to cook it. They, you know, her son and her granddaughter walked me through both her life. And we like drove past their home in Brooklyn. Um, we like learned just different stories about her. Like she was a chef, but she also loved sports and all of this stuff. So I would love to do that with all of the different families if, you know, their energy and time willing. Um, so yeah, if something comes out of that, that would be cool. It, it, at this point, I'm like, it, it would be cool to kind of put this all together uh, for people who are interested.
0: Yeah, I'd buy it. Um, <laughs> so um, I think the other thing here, you know, we have people who listen, who work in the field of preservation, history, planning, museums, and people are just very fascinated by it. But a lot of people who are trying to like convey these stories and get people excited about their history and their, their community. And I feel like you've done an amazing job of tapping into something that's very specific, very niche, but like really is compelling. And then you were able to kind of wrap it up and, and turn it into something that worked for TikTok. And obviously you said it started as, as a homework assignment, but are there lessons in there for like the heritage museum preservation field that we should be taking from this you know, put the the gravestone recipe, just component of it aside for a second, like what, what clicked? What worked? Why? What was the secret sauce in this? And what if people have a story that they want to tell in a medium like that, and they haven't dove into that yet? Do you have any like advice for them?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's almost a two part thing. You can get into the actual like logistics of the social network i mean that was the point of this class the whole basically like this class boiled down was how to go viral and how does an algorithm work the so like social media for people who you know are like do we go on the social do we like tell these stories you know this amazing history and information that you're coming across um i do feel like the network is it's i mean especially on tiktok it's just insane like um I I've never I never knew that like the, I kind of like obviously understood these the numbers of like millions of people that are on it. But like the way that the TikTok algorithm works can connect you to quite a large audience um, outside of your area. It's a little bit like the Wild West in the sense that like you can't always that's not that's could be a good thing. It can be a scary thing. Um, but yeah, in any case, like so like the way that you can pretty much get a wrangle on the TikTok algorithm is you pick a very specific niche and you post about it every single day for like three months. Uh, they don't have to be like the best, you know, you can just use your phone. You don't have to have like the best cameras or like, you know, editing stuff. I think for people who are nervous about the investment, really the investment is like time and energy on your end. And then, yeah, like find the human story in it. Um, I feel like that, I mean, In general, for me, like things that I find interesting have often done pretty well. Like for this gravestone thing, I was like, uh, or this recipes thing, I was like, well, I think this is interesting. If no one else does, that's okay. Like it really doesn't. At the end of the day, like if it doesn't do well, just keep doing it because like if you find it interesting and it tells a story that you're like, oh, I emotionally connect to this then at some point it will find its audience. Um, Doing it regularly also makes a big difference. Um, And then, yeah, even finding a community online. So like, I didn't realize that like the cemetery community is so intact. There's so like, everyone knows each other on some level or they follow one another. And like, I have this whole online world that's kind of been built out of it, which is amazing. Like for anyone who specifically is interested in cemeteries, both on Instagram and TikTok, there's so many people who like, everyone just cares a lot. (laughs) They like really care so passionately about their thing, whether it's preserving cemeteries or, you know, telling the stories of the dead, particularly like unknown stories. Um, So I would definitely say it's worth the time and really finding that like human. And and I think also like when it comes, like my dad's, my dad loves history. He's a tour guide in DC. And I think for him as well, boiling down the history to like Yeah. The human side of it, like the dates and the facts are important as context, but like who are the people behind it? Um, and I think that makes it really connect with people.
0: I think that's just all really great advice. I mean, I was sort of listening in and thinking about (laughs) some of it even aligns with like podcasting. Like it's, you know, you have to keep it regular. You know, we release every Monday, no matter what, you know, we've got we've got an episode, um, and you know, you develop a following that way because people come to depend on it. Um, yeah, hopefully. Definitely. Um, and I love that about that, and I also love the piece about sort of focusing in on the human side. And I think a lot of like preservation in history, we get so like focused on like the object or the building or the place, and we forget like, or we have to remind ourselves that it's all about the people who are there. Like the people shape places.
1: Yeah, um, exactly. That.
0: Yeah. So. Um, what's uh so i guess what's next is trying to meet the people go to these places do that think if it it works itself into a book are there more is it still regular tick people can follow you we'll put the link in the show notes is it still every day
1: um still not every day thankfully that was particularly i mean my professor the way she phrased it is it was really important when you first launch whatever it is you're launching like Uh, Some people picked Instagram, some people picked Twitter, some people even picked Facebook groups. And so like the beginning, like really bulking up on the content. Uh, And now at this point, and also just because I've cooked through all the recipes. So it's just finding new ways to bring the stories back in and weave them kind of through. So like there's this one woman named Maxine in Iowa who has Christmas cookies and they're literally labeled Christmas cookies on her gravestone. So like I'll do a couple series on her and different like elements of these cookies um, but yeah, I think like, I think like if nothing else, like just kind of, um, trying to find a balance, like it is quite a lot of work, uh, to maintain all of these. And so, uh, yeah, I think like a lot of my work now is going to be more offline of like reaching out to people and traveling to the different gravestones. Um, I'm going to visit some of them in, I think hopefully two of them in January, the ones that are in California, Um, So we'll see after that.
0: And before you go, we always ask everybody this. Do you have a favorite historic place or site?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I always have to say the National Building Museum in Washington, D.C. If people haven't been there before, oh, it is stunning. It's such an unusual piece of D.C. architecture. Um, It's the old pension building. And so it just has so many layers of history. If you can somehow sneak a collections tour, I think their collections are incredible. Their archive staff are some of my favorite human beings on the world. Like they, it's just, it's a place that's literally jaw dropping and they might have holiday decorations because this is is the season, Um, but they're all about the built environment, architecture and design. And yeah, like the building is incredible.
0: That's, that's a an excellent uh recommendation this has been so much fun um as you get through the next phase let's have you back sometime soon and we'll t- we'll talk about wh- what you found and where you're headed
1: amazing thank you so much it's such an honor
0: thanks rosie thanks for listening to preservecast to dig deeper into this episode's story head over to preservecast.org for show notes and our collection of previous episodes Don't forget to engage with this podcast by subscribing, commenting, and leaving a review. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at PreserveCast for even more. PreserveCast is currently recorded in Walkersville, Maryland, and sponsored by the 1772 Foundation, and powered by Preservation Maryland. Thanks for listening, and keep on preserving.